ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast, episode number 103 today, joined by Phyllis the Dog, and guest this week, Miss Stacy Kelleher. Welcome to the show, Stacy. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming over to Casa de Phyllis. Yeah, she's so cute. Yeah, I don't get anything done anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I never understood dog people and how they're always just, they're super obsessed with their dogs. I'm like, what? Okay, yeah, sure. It's a dog. I get it. And now I have one. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do anything. Yeah. Like I sit and look at her sometimes. Like, uh, you know how the iPhone will do the screen time? Like that'll yes. judge you once a week. Yes. Uh, my screen time <laughs> is down like 35%. What? Because I'm pretty sure I'm just like looking at my dog or like rubbing her belly or something. Oh, <laughs> that's so healthy. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's helping me readjust the society. Yeah. But she is a gigantic wiener. She is. She yeah, is a gigantic I didn't. Wiener. I didn't realize that there were different <laughs> kinds of dachshunds when I got her. So, yep, I told you she's just gonna look right at you. Hi. <laughs> she's like so concerned. Oh yeah, she's very intense. <laughs> when she wants something, and what she wants is uh, your undivided attention. Oh. <laughs> well, thanks so for joining cute. the podcast today. Yeah. How uh, how is life? I haven't seen you in a minute. I know life is. Life is lifing, honestly. Boy, this... howdy, do I feel that. You know the yeah. uh, the the meme or the gif of the dog that's in the apartment that's on fire? And it just yes. has the caption that says, this is fine. Yep. I feel like that all the time right now. That's, that's actual like, footage is, of me. This is fine. It's yes. fine. <laughs> yeah. This has been, it's been, the highs this year have been really high and really great. And the lows this year have been... So low. So low. <laughs> you know, I really do feel that because uh, I've had the same year. Like some of the stuff that's happened is just incredible. And then some of the stuff that's happened has been just, oh, no. So bad. <laughs> so bad. Yeah, it really humbles you really quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, every year, like around December, someone will post the whole like 2019 broke me, 2020 reset me, 20. And I'm like, no. Oh, with uh, the girl walking up the stairs. It's like every year, it's just like 2020 broke me, 2021 broke me more, 2022 broke me even further, 2023, I yes. am broken. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Recovering from 2017 trauma right here yeah no kidding like we're we're really diving right in what's your greatest fear oh my gosh dying alone my greatest fear you know i i think about that sometimes i think my greatest fear is probably just feeling like i didn't accomplish like what i wanted to accomplish or like feeling like i under like succeeded if that makes sense i feel sense. that yeah well, yeah, that's a heavy first question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the first question we normally start with is uh, just asking our guest how we met. So we kind of talked about it before we got on the air, but I don't totally remember the circumstances of us meeting, but we went back into the DMs and found out that we met on October the 6th, 2019 at Belcourt Taps. Iconic. I wish I wish we could go back into the the noggin the memory bank and i know what happened that night that you were like yo 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 (laughs) (laughs) yeah stacy slid into my dms with the opening line yo 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 oh my god (laughs) so embarrassing for me honestly i'm so terrified to see any of my other old messages um yeah we had to have been at belcourt and i want to say i think i went and saw somebody else play okay and i had heard i know that i had heard about nashville tour stop because I moved here in September 2019, 
And it was like one of the first things that I heard about and everybody was playing it. It's It was relentless. And I mean, it still is. Not because yeah. it's the biggest, sexiest show ever, but it's just <laughs> obnoxiously everywhere all the time. Which is great. It's awesome. <laughs> I found out about it so quickly. Like that was like a month after I moved here. And I think it might have been Paige Rose okay. was playing. And like it was a bunch of people that I knew. And I was like, yo, I'm going to go. And hang out, and then I must have like chatted with you, and then the rest is history. So where'd you move from? I moved from New Hampshire. Oh, a, a, a North person. Yes. A Northerner. Yes, a New Englander. Northeasterner. Yes, I'm originally from there, was born and raised there, but my family's from like right outside of Boston. Okay. And so... Did you go to Berkeley? I did. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny that you bring up Paige Rose because one of the first times she and I like really became like good friends. We were, I forget where we were hanging out, but everyone was going around the table talking about where we had gone to college Mm -hmm. and everyone was just saying, oh, I went to like UCLA, wherever. And then Paige says, oh yeah, I just went to this private school in Boston. And then I was like, oh yeah, I went to Mizzou up in Missouri. Mm -hmm. And then I said, but you know what? I just hate these fucking Berkeley students. Nobody (laughs) loves talking about how they go to Berkeley more than a Berkeley student. And then then everyone's just like side-eyeing Paige because they're just like, Aaron, 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 the, the small private school that Paige went to was in fact... Berkeley. Berkeley. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. But oh I mean, I do feel like that's still partly true because nobody, I'm not going to be like, oh yeah, I went to music school at Mizzou. Right. Nope. Nobody says that. Nobody cares, but it's always like Juilliard students or Berkeley students. Oh yeah, I went to Juilliard and it's like, cool. Awesome. Awesome. Next. I don't, I didn't go there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah. I guess you went to Berkeley and that makes you better than me (laughs) (laughs) i usually yeah i usually don't i don't bring it up unless like somebody asks because i don't know like i loved it there and i'm proud of it but i mean it's not like what did you actually study there i studied songwriting Songwriting. and that's how i met Paige. oh you met in school there okay yeah like forever ago ages and ages ago Yes. So, uh, did you grow up in New Hampshire and immediately move to Boston to go to school there? Or, or okay, so you did the yeah. full four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yep. And then, since my family like lived outside of Boston, they like brought me and I like toured it, and I was like, "Oh my god, like this is my dream." <laughs> da, 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 you know how it is. Did you grow up in a musical family? No. Oh my gosh. What's your family like? Well, I'm an only child. Okay. Um, and I'm pretty close to my mom and dad. Um, they both still live in New Hampshire. They actually built the house that I grew up in. Well, that's cool. Which is, yeah, really cool. So I love going back because it's just like a very special. You're bringing up that whole, the house that built me. Song. I know. <laughs> I played, I play at the 1230 club every Sunday and <laughs> somebody requested that song yesterday. And I love when people request that song because I can tell them the story mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, Aww. and then I get, and then I get tips. It's endearing when people act like that. I don't, I'm not going to write a song about my house. No, no. Like it was, it was just a house, but then someone's like, don't you have special memories about that house? I was like, uh, no, (laughs) I pooped the bed, peed the bed. Like I was a baby there. Slay. Like, I mean, I'm not, I I don't even want to say I'm not a nostalgic person Yeah. because I talk about Belcourt Taps on the podcast all the time. So I'm kind of nostalgic, but I'm not nostalgic for Missouri. I'm not nostalgic for home. Yeah. Like, I don't have any, like, sure, high school was great, but 
you ever meet the people who are like, oh no, like check this out. I was like the star quarterback and oh, I threw the winning touchdown of the homecoming game oh, and then they all took us to, and I'm like, bro, like <laughs> stop. This is painful. No for one me. cares. Yeah. Like I've never had anything like that that I'm like, oh, I have to bring up that I was in musical theater and I had a supporting <laughs> role and I wasn't that good. Right. I don't care. Yeah. And this is your home now. Did I what? This is your home now in Nashville. Oh, yeah. This is oh, 100% yeah. Nashville's my home. Yeah. I remember the first time I went back to Missouri after I had lived here for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And my family were like, oh, when are you going to come home? And I just had that like knee-jerk reaction. I was like, oh, I am home right now. Oh. But like, I thought they meant like, when are you going to come home home? And I was like, yeah. I was, I was just in my house here. You were like, I was I'm, like, oh, I'm no, I'm, I'm, I'm at home right now. <gasps> yeah, there was, it was one of those moments. I was like, oh, You're well, like, yeah, oops. I guess I do kind of feel like I'm at home in Nashville now. <laughs> hey, that's good, though. Yeah. So did you enjoy growing up in the Northeast? I did. I did. I definitely, like, do not miss the snow, though, <laughs> because that was just a lot. <laughs> and Not a cold weather person. Yeah, I mean, I love when it gets cold here, but, like, just the snow in New England is so excessive. Like, Mm -hmm. it will start snowing in December, sometimes November, and it will just keep going until, like, May. And it will not be, like, warm And we don't have that here ever. No, It'll snow, like, once a year. Yes. Yeah, it's great here. My denim jacket, or I point to it like it's there, but my (laughs) denim jacket is, like, the heaviest coat I need here. Right. If it gets super cold, I'll put a hoodie on underneath it. And you're good. Yeah, and I'm set. And then halfway through the day, I'm like, I'm hot. Exactly. I don't need this many layers. (laughs) Yeah, I I love the weather here in the winter because it's cold enough that I'm like, okay, I'm experiencing enough seasons, but I'm not like, it's May and I could still go skiing if Mm -hmm. I wanted to. Like, that's insane. Yeah, the weather here is pretty nice, and except for the summer when uh, we would prefer death. Yeah, that, <laughs> that I'm not a fan of. But I will say that New England definitely has the fall beat over here, though. It's pretty sweet here right now. It is nice right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. so you moved from the Northeast after college. Did you move here right after you graduated? I pretty much, I spent the summer in New Hampshire because I was with like a booking agency okay. back home, so... I just played a ton of gigs, saved money, kind of like got all my shit together. How is the music scene in New Hampshire different than than here? Because obviously it's going to be diametrically different. Yeah. I mean, it's mainly just like everywhere that I played was like restaurants. Restaurants, bars, breweries. Outdoor patios. Mm -hmm. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, I will say the pay was great. (laughs) Not being in like a music city mm-hmm. i i did pretty well which was why i was like because you're a hot commodity i mean there's just not a lot of musicians in new hampshire <laughs> but i was yeah. talking to a friend of mine shout out meredith shaw who lives in my hometown still but she actually got the nashville tour stop logo tattooed on her arm Stop, she loved, I love she loved that. tour stop so much Aww. but she helps book for a brewery up in columbia where i'm from and okay. they pay 200 dollars an hour for musicians and i was like that's i'll quit this and go back to doing that i'll get good at cover tunes again that's when you're like damn yeah and 
If you asked a bar in Nashville to pay you $200 an hour, they would tell you to kick dirt. They would laugh in your face. They'd laugh at your face and then ask somebody standing directly next to you, do you want to play for free? And they would say yes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I'm definitely very fortunate to have a lot of like awesome gigs here. But yeah, that summer I really was able to just like save a bunch of money and like get a bunch of stuff like I bought like a backup guitar because mm-hmm. I only had one and I was like okay if I'm gonna be doing this all the time like I should have a backup so I just kind of like what was your first impression of the Nashville scene after you had moved here I loved it first of all second of all I was like okay like there's a lot of really good songwriters here and like yes I studied songwriting in school but I was like my work is kind of cut out for me Um, and it was also cool because there were like a lot of people here that I knew already Mm -hmm. and not even just from Berkeley necessarily, just people that I had met. Um, I lived in LA for a summer while I was at Berkeley and I met people here that like I randomly met out there. So I realized very quickly that it was pretty small, which I liked a lot because it just feels a little more homey. Yeah. Was that why you didn't pick LA? Yeah, when I lived there for the summer, I just I just did not vibe. Like it was almost too big. The traffic was insane. It was super expensive and here is just definitely more. Like you can work a part-time job here mm-hmm. and you can In do kind, music. or at least 5 years ago, 4 years ago you could. True. Yeah. <laughs> when I first moved here, yeah. I mean, but in LA like oh my god, you'd have mm-hmm. to work at least for me, I would have to work like a nine to five and probably waitress on the weekends too. Yeah. Like my first time visiting Los Angeles, I stayed with a, my brother's friend's friend's friend. So Love like it. a stranger. Yes. A stranger. 100% a stranger. Love it. And they lived in Koreatown and he's like, oh yeah, we've got a spare bed. You can come crash on our couch for a night. And I was like, awesome. Thanks. And spare bed was a generous term for a loose mattress oh, on no. the floor of the living room. That was shared with four other dudes. Oh my God. There was legit. It was like a studio apartment with one bathroom and they had built bunk beds. So there was four bunk beds like or two bunk bed pairs. And then there was just a loose mattress in between them. I was like, well, I don't love this. That's the stuff (laughs) from my nightmares right there. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. And I was like, why would somebody want to do this? And it's like, you really have to love like trying to go be a musician or trying to be an actor to tolerate that. Yes. Cause I didn't like music that much. <laughs> no, no. Like I have so many friends that are in LA and they're killing it, but it definitely like a lot of them are like music business. And so they work like nine to fives and it just makes more sense or they were from California or were like already established. And I didn't really have anything like tying me to LA. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, when I first visited Nashville, I was like, I could envision myself here so easily. And I just didn't have that for LA. It's so, I don't want to say easy to live here, but it is a little easier to live here. Like yeah. you can drive 15 minutes out of the city and be in the boondocks. Yes. Like. That's so true. Ratchet, missing teeth, boondocks. Correct. Tennessee. The Tennessee people think is Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> right. But so you true. can drive 15 minutes in Los Angeles and uh, be no further ahead on whatever it is, the 405, and just be like, yep, 
I made no progress. Exactly. And that's just not what I, I just could not like driving there for the two months that I lived there. I was like, this I, yeah, I was like, I never want to get in a car again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Yeah, Nashville is getting so much bigger, even in the last four years. I know. But it's still not that obnoxiously big. No, no. Yeah, I, I considered moving to L.A., but it really was that just first experience that I was immediately like, nope. Yeah. This is not the move. And I yeah. visited Nashville one time to uh, visit my, like, the drummer of my first band back in high school. And he was working at an internship at Pearl Drums. Oh, cool. And he and I hung out, and he wasn't 20, or he wasn't 21 at the time. He was only 20. So he and I couldn't even go to, like, bars and a lot of the venues. Right. So, I didn't get a good experience of Nashville the first time, yeah. but I was like, oh, this is, it's a cool place. There's music. Yeah. But the second time I came to visit, I went to the Tin Roof on Broadway. Hell yeah. And I was just sitting at the bar. I think it was like 11 a.m. or 10 a.m. like right after they opened. Mm -hmm. And the guy just started playing music first thing in the morning. And a man sat down next to me at the bar and he's like, you're not from around here, are you? I was like, hmm. Do I, do I stink or something? Like, <laughs> what about me? Shouts tourists. Oh my god! And he's just like, oh well, you thinking about moving here? And I was like, I've considered it. He goes, you should move here. Like, people are really nice. And I was like, wow. Okay. And then he and I just got to talking for like an hour and a half. And I was like, actually, this isn't half bad. Like, wow. The music's nice. The people are nice, and the traffic, at least then, wasn't insufferable. Right. It's mortifying now. It is. It's really bad. I feel like every day it's getting worse, but. I heard, like, uh, I forget if I heard it on the radio, if I heard it, or excuse me, if I read it in the Tennessean, but an estimate's like 100 or 110 people move here per day. Oh my God. And no wonder it's so expensive now. Yeah. All these big ass companies are coming in and ruining our town. I know. When I first moved here, I had two roommates, but I lived in East Nashville, like, Rosebank area, super nice, mm-hmm. and like a brand new house. I paid six hundred dollars oh. for my rent. Oh, that gives me like butterflies thinking about it. I know, it. and I did have two roommates, but we lived in a house, mm-hmm. and it was in a super nice part of East Nashville, front yard, backyard, driveway, street parking, big, big. Yeah, had my own room. We all had our own rooms. Huge living room, huge kitchen, huge dining room. Six hundred bucks. No longer. No, <laughs> no, nope. those days are gone. Yeah, a friend of mine lived in Germantown and he actually just relocated to Des Moines up in Iowa Okay, because the one bedroom apartment he lived in in Germantown was raising its rent monthly to $3,000 a month, Oh, which my is God. stupid. That is stupid. It's stupid. Yeah. Like if you have $3,000 a month to dump into rent, Buy a house. Yeah, exactly. Have a mortgage. Yeah. Be a grown up. Yeah. That's crazy. I cannot imagine. No. Some of these kids, I mean, they get these tech jobs like moving in or they work for Amazon and they're like, yeah, I make a bajillion dollars and I can afford (laughs) this. And I'm like, hmm, hmm. My first apartment, someone was murdered in. Oh, God. Yeah. My first for real skis in Nashville. Jesus. Yeah. $437 $437 a month in Antioch for a two bedroom Yo. and it was 437 per person, but still, so whatever still. that is, 875 bucks a month that we were paying for a two bedroom. It's like this, why is this so cheap? Mm, I and lived in a murder house. Yep. Yeah. So like 
all these kids are just moving into these fancy, quote, quote, luxury apartments. Yeah. And I'm like, you have never seen a crime scene. And it shows. No. And it shows. Oh, my God. So you're a musician. When did you get your uh, your songwriting start? What what lit the fire under your butt? Yeah. Well, my parents started me in piano lessons when I was six. And then I loved it. And then I wanted to play guitar, too. So okay. I Did you started- teach yourself? No, they put me in with like a teacher. Okay. Um, and then guitar, I started with another teacher when I was nine. Mm-hmm. And then probably when I was around 10, I I can actually remember writing my first song, which is kind of crazy. What was it called? It was called Shannon. Shannon? <laughs> was, it a, was it a crush? No, it was not a crush. Um, it was because I... When I went to this very small school. It was a private school in New Hampshire, and there weren't like a lot of kids in my grade. And my like one and only best friend, Shannon, had told me that she was transferring and leaving. Aww. I know. It's so Aww, sad. That's so um, sad. I know. So I literally I remember I went home. I can remember how the song goes. And I had this little Hello Kitty notebook that like had like a lock on it. So obviously nobody could get into it, even though the key was like also mm-hmm. attached to it. And I wrote this whole song about her leaving and how sad I was about it. Did you play it for Shannon? I, I don't think that I ever did. You should call that girl up and be like, so I wrote this song for you 28 years ago. Or whatever. I should, dude. Oh, my God. But yeah, that was definitely my first song and that's an endearing first song though so many people's first songs are just mine was about having a crush on a girl that didn't like me i feel like that's most people's first song hey that's valid though having a crush that's not reciprocated i mean that's probably like the rest of mine (laughs) you're like well i started this other place but all of them now go in that direction yeah (laughs) no yeah that was my first one and then i I wrote here and there and stuff like that. And then I kind of like stopped for a while because Mm -hmm. um, I did band and chorus and musical theater and all that stuff in like middle school and high school. And so I was super focused on that. And I went back to it here and there. And then I didn't really get super serious about it again until I was at Berkeley. Okay. Yeah. Was was the transition from going to like private school to private school, did that just kind of feel like an extension of high school? Kind of. Well, so I went to private school up until eighth grade and then then I went to public school. And then you went back to Berkeley, technically private. Yeah. 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 I actually, I left the private school that I was at because I was being bullied like super bad. Really? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. And I was like, I like told my mom and dad and like for a while it was just like stuff where I was like, okay, like just ignore the kids, whatever, like blah, blah, blah. But it got like pretty bad. And so I was like, yeah, like I, I was like, please put me in public school yeah and they were like okay and went to public school for five years eighth grade through senior year and loved it well no i didn't love it but i liked it better (laughs) i liked it better no bullying less bullying less less bullying for sure um and then yeah ended up back i went to this big ass high school i've mentioned it on the podcast before Mm -hmm. but huge high school we had a whole separate campus for the fine arts oh wow we had a whole off campus building for the fine arts so i'd go to the gin pop school for 
English and math, my first two classes of the day. And yeah. then third hour until the end of the day, I was just in this other world. So Dang, there were there sick. was no like traditional bullying because all of us just nerdy theater musician kids, we just like, mm-hmm, we've got better air conditioning than you do. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we just got to exist out of the school. In your which, own space. It was super cool because we yeah. were our own little bubble. Yeah. And then like we... We had a separate lunchroom. Like everything was separated and it was awesome. That's so nice. So I never had that traditional like high school experience. It it never felt like, oh, here's the locker and I'm going to like lean up against it and go flirt with this girl. It was always like, hey, do you want to go practice sight reading together? (laughs) And you're like, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Do you want to go practice lines for the theater production this fall? Wow. That was me. I love it. Big giant dork. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. So you moved here in 2019. Yes. And that was right before the COVID shutdown. Correct. How how was that? Did it freak you out? Yeah. I feel like I just was like, nobody was expecting it to be as mm-hmm. long as it was. Because remember when we were all just like, oh yeah, it's going to be like three weeks and then we'll be back to normal. <laughs> and then, yeah, lol. And then it just kept getting longer and longer and then we just didn't even know like I think the craziest part now is to think back on like we we had no idea what was gonna happen when it was gonna end but I mean it was really cool for like six months because I moved here September 2019 it was sick I was like this is awesome like I was like writing playing shows whatever and then everything shut down and I was just like yeah like now what do I move back home yeah I was like what do I what What do I I do do? because like I had just started feeling like I had like put down my roots mm-hmm. and I was like, I like it, making friends, whatever. And then it was like, great. Was all the dead. friends that I made, I can't see you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think the thing that sucked the most, and I think you're one of the only people that like stayed the same was when I first moved here, I had to kind of like figure out who booked like this round at Alley Taps and this round at Live Oak and this round at Bellcourt and whatever. And by the time things were like, deemed safe enough to open again like everything was different like the rounds that existed did not exist they anymore. were so many died yes the people that ran them like didn't even live here anymore like i feel like you were honestly off the top of my head like the only one that i was like okay well tour stops still Aaron, and it still exists <laughs> literally i had the what I, I think it might be one of the nicest things anyone's ever said to me um i forget ex- who it was but it was somebody who had played out of town. Oh, sorry. His name was Rory Delasno. He's a round oh. runner from New Jersey. Yeah. I've and heard he runs him. Riders Round New Jersey. Cool. And I had him down here because he mm-hmm. and I connected and he played a show and he said that Nashville Tour Stop was the North Star for songwriters out of the city. And Aww. I was just like, I could cry. That is so wholesome. It was so nice. That is and so it, nice. It, it really made me feel like, okay, sometimes I feel like I'm doing nothing. Yeah. But right now I kind of do feel like it's not, it's not nothing. No. It's not nothing. It's a community. And like, I mean, I feel lucky to have been a part of it since I pretty much moved here. And yeah, I was like, okay, this still exists. So I can go hang out at this round or I can play and like there's going to be people I know and like and it's everyone's going to be nice. Everybody's going to be nice and it's going to feel like everything didn't like die in the <laughs> pandemic know. because 
yeah, just so, and even like venues closing and just stuff like that. I was like, I feel like I had to start over in a sense. And We're I feel definitely like, in a renaissance of Nashville right now because yeah. there's so many new things popping up right yeah. now. Yeah. Yes. Like new shows, new bars, new venues. Yeah. Half of these places that people are playing, I didn't know existed. Same. Or like rounds at like, I feel like Live Oak specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, I've played a couple recently that I'm like, I didn't even know this was a thing. Didn't know like, this was a thing. Didn't, yeah. Because all the ones that I did know about that were happening just aren't happening anymore. Yeah. Every now take, and like, then I get two. an ego check where like in, in the places where I host tour stop, sure, it's a thing. But I was at the Dogwood the other day and I was talking to the owner of the Dogwood and I was like, oh, yeah, I run a show called Nashville Tour Stop. He goes, oh, what's that? And I was like, oh, okay, so not everybody knows what this is. And I had the opportunity to be like, here's my spiel. This is what we do. And it really knocked me down a peg because I do get in my head sometimes about it being like, oh, no, this is like also like. Sometimes I feel like it's nothing and sometimes I feel like it is an important thing. So I have the full spectrum of emotions. There you go. (laughs) Well, hey, let's take a quick commercial break and we'll come right back with Daisy Kelleher on the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. We're back with the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. Stacy Kelleher joining Phyllis and I today on the podcast, episode 103. Stacy, thank you again for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. We took a generally longer break than I take. Usually it's just push pause and re-record, but we sat and talked about all of our tattoos. We did. We, which we don't <laughs> have to go through all of it because nothing shouts audio podcast like talking like a visual medium. True. <laughs> but true. Uh, when did you get your first tattoo? My first tattoo was my first time visiting Nashville, actually. Really? Which is super cute of me. What is it? It is a little daisy. It's on my upper left arm. And I, my parents, like, always were like, don't get tattoos. Like, Same. You'll regret it. Like, you're going to ruin if, your What body. if you have to apply for a job? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. But I remember I was visiting here and it was so weird. Like something just told me to get a tattoo and it had to be that. It was like stuff like that never happens to me. And I was like, what? (laughs) And I did it. Like I think I think I did it the same day. I just went and did it. And for like the first 24 hours afterwards, I was like, oh, my God, did I make a mistake? I did it. Yeah. (laughs) But I love it. And that was almost seven years ago now and I actually still go to the same guy for my tattoos now yeah you know finding a good tattoo artist is hard it is because you see some of those horror stories of people who get tattoos you're like did you not look up anything anything before you had that put on your body right and some people no yeah they don't a friend of mine got he I I think it looks fine but he hates this big tattoo that he got and it was his first tattoo and he's like i gotta figure out how to get this fixed or cover it up and i was like chill 
this is your first one. Yeah. Everyone has this reaction. It's not right. actually as bad as you think it is. Yes. You'll quit so noticing true. it eventually. Yeah, that's so true. You'll forget you have it. Yeah. For sure. But let's see. Let's talk about some music stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm just so happy to finally have you, given that we've known each other for so long. I know. <laughs> we have known each other for so long. So you wrote your first song when you were a kid. But when did you start feeling like songwriting could be a career that you wanted to pursue rather than just a, a pastime? Yeah. Well, I kind of always knew that I wanted to do music. <laughs> I told you, she she locks right into it. She looks, she's like so interested. <laughs> she's like, wow, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, okay. So I knew I always wanted to do music from a very young age. And when I applied to Berkeley and got in, I knew obviously that I wanted to like sing and perform and stuff like that. But I feel like I didn't really realize how many different careers there were within Mm -hmm. music. And so your whole first year there, you're undeclared and you do just kind of like your basic music ed classes and stuff like that. And I took a songwriting class and I took like a production class and I really liked both. And so I kind of explored both a little bit further but then I was like okay nothing hits for me like writing a song and I knew even though it was really difficult and like really intimidating and obviously like we're all our own worst critic but I am like my worst worst critic so despite all that though I was like I want to create like I need to be on the creative side and I just felt like I had a lot to say And so from then on out, I was like, okay, yeah, this is going to be really difficult, but I just need to be the person like telling the stories, you know? I totally feel that because I remember the, that like, I call it a watershed moment and I've asked people about it before, but I remember when I was in high school playing with my band where there was like that, the moment that it happened where I was like, I have to do this. Mm -hmm. And there was never another plan. Yeah. And I... I had the parents, you will go to college, you will not get tattoos. And I did all of the stuff that they said was like, quote, quote, right for me. Mm -hmm. And I hated every minute of it. I was Mm. not a good college student, not because I didn't care, but because I just was never inspired to learn political science or whatever. And the whole time I was in college, the thing that I still to this day consider to be the best thing I learned was Google spreadsheets. <laughs> oh my God. Like that learning part. how to just, because I would like plan out my courses and I would yeah. build the calendar sheet just hour by hour because that was before I knew about Google calendars or that might've honestly been before that was like as good as it is now. But True. regardless, I was like really into the color coding and like yeah. the linking. Okay. This is the address so I can click boop. There I am. And yeah. I still use all of that stuff in my calendars for tour stop today. I do not use American literature 4,000. Yeah, <laughs> true. Can't say I have either. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did not like college. So the moment I graduated, I was like, all right, start looking for places to move. And, and I went on like a whole soul-searching road trip and tested nice. out Denver and uh, Utah and Phoenix and Vegas and LA and nothing quite stuck. And I was like, there's got to be other places because I didn't want to go to New York. Mm-hmm. And then my friend who was having that internship, he's like, you should come to Nashville. 
and boy howdy it just started feeling right really early on yeah and even though like tour stop became something that i love now it wasn't what i planned on doing but it's it's funny how as you age your priorities change sure like i would still like to be the artist on stage but the what do you call it the reliability is great the tour stop like yeah. oh perfect example do you know chapel bell Yes. Chapel Bell, sweet girl, wonderful person. She texted me last night asking if she could put me down as a reference for an oh. apartment application. Oh, my god! Because gosh. she's like, you're the most stable adult that I know. And I was like, woof. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, like, thank you? She's like, yeah, well, you like you hire me sometimes like to play gigs. And I was like, yeah, I never give you money. Like, they're always riders around. But... She's like, no, like you're the, like, I just need somebody who has their shit together. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's so I'm nice. glad that that's the vibe I give off now is a dude who has his shit together. You do. I have a dog. I have health insurance. There you go. I was that's on a Bumble for a long time and my Bumble bio had five bullet points and it said, not trying to be a musician, has health insurance, has never taken a photo holding a fish, Oh, does not use Snapchat, <laughs> like and one girl matched with me and said, you have too many green flags. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you said, sorry. Like, Gee, thanks. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so it, it is fun finding the thing that you love to do. And are, are you wanting to be the artist on stage or would you like to be the songwriter or either or at this point? Yeah, I definitely want to be the artist on stage. That's been really my main focus for the last couple of years but I've been really enjoying writing and producing for other people too who so are some of the artists you have gotten to produce for yeah I right now have been working on producing out just like demos and like little rough starter tracks for Emily Brooke which That's is really cool. fun she's super cool I've been working on one with my friend Daniela Spadini some of my own stuff. I co-produce or produce all of my stuff. And then also right now I've been producing something for a sync project that I wrote for. And now we're like producing out the track to pitch it. So kind of all over the place, but yeah, I've been really enjoying like writing and producing, even if it's just like a demo or like a rough reference scratch for other people. Cause it's just really fun. And yeah, I like producing. You know, you said it earlier. It's like there's so many different jobs you can have yeah. in the industry. Yes. And when I was a kid, like if you work in the music industry, you are either like you are a producer or you are a musician. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that like, yeah, sure. That's like the catch all term. You are the producer. You are the musician. You are the songwriter. But then it's just umbrellas into all these tiny niches yeah. of like w- how that actually works. Yes. And it's, it is cool because I, I found my little niche booking shows that, boy, do I love this. Yeah. And I, I miss playing, but I don't miss the soul-crushing anxiety of trying to make people like songs that I wrote. I mean, that part. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, people from out of town who are wondering, <laughs> how's Nashville? It can be pretty brutal. <laughs> We're like, sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you want to be the artist on stage. For people who haven't heard you, uh, describe your sound. Yeah, my stuff, I would say the overarching term would be pop, indie pop. But I'm really influenced by a lot of different stuff. So it definitely can lean in like spacey country directions 
it can lean in more like electro pop directions. I'd say the main influences for my stuff are Muna, Harry Styles, Casey Musgraves, Maggie cool. Rogers. So it's like a nice little mix of those. And I think my songwriting, I've been told, really leans in a country direction because okay. I really like to tell a story and I'm a big fan of like the little flip at the end of a chorus or at the end of a bridge. So that's a very, uh, I went to songwriter school. Thing to yeah, say. <laughs> it is. It is. But yeah, so it's kind of, kind of takes from a lot of different things, but definitely lies in the indie pop. Cool. And what are you working on now? You said to me before we were recording today that you're working on some releases for 2024. Yeah. Oh my God. That doesn't even sound like a real year. Give me the skinny. 2024 that's crazy yeah it is bonkers to think that we've made it this far I know um yeah so right now I have spent the last few months writing and working on new stuff and I'm recording a couple of songs right now with my friend Jake Olbaum he's in this band called the Foxies he is he rocks. co-producing yeah he's cool. co-producing and um he wrote actually and co-produced my single die on this hill which mm -hmm. i put out earlier this year love him so we've been working on a couple of songs and then i think i'm actually gonna produce another one by myself very cool which i'm excited about and i've got a collab in the works hey too. yeah i think it's gonna be teaser i don't actually know i have one duet with my friend davin kingston who lives okay. in la but this is gonna be my first collab and it'll be almost three years yeah that's cool so, yeah, lots What's of new What's the process stuff. like of doing a collaborative song instead of just one that's your own? Yeah, honestly, I love it because it doesn't feel like everything is, like, up to me. <laughs> that you is know? nice. Yeah. You can, so, you can bear the weight together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if I'm like, oh, my gosh, I really don't know what we should make this section sound like. Like, what do you think? I don't know. Like, it's nice to have double inputs because I feel like in those situations is where, like, stuff happens that I would never think to do or that mm. I would never suggest, which I love. And the person who I'm doing the collab with, which I, I won't mention yet because surprise, um, is amazing. Mm. And I'm super stoked about the song too. And I'm just such a fan of their stuff. That's so cool. yeah, I'm really excited about that. But yeah, just right now trying to get as much stuff recorded before the year's over as possible. And these, Next couple of slower months in Nashville. The off season. The, the off dreaded season. off season. I know. Like November 1st hits and everybody's just <laughs> like, bye. I feel like there's just this period from Thanksgiving until after New Year's. Mm -hmm. Pretty much until th like Valentine's Day. Yeah. Where like everyone's gone. Nobody's doing anything. Yeah. And then after Valentine's Day, people start coming back from the dead. And you're just like, oh. Yeah. Hey. I remember you. Yeah. Remember four months ago when we were when we were hanging out? Yes. Let's do that again. Right. And then it's crazy <laughs> until like the same time the following year. So when are you shooting to have this new music released next year? I think our first release is going to be in February, March. Okay. And we're going to be doing singles because I just did an EP about a month ago called Out of Orbit. So next year is going to be just a ton of singles. <laughs> which I'm excited about and singles are just so much easier than a project. What's your take on the single culture versus the 
a long play culture because right now mm-hmm. I feel like everyone's just single, 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 yeah. single. Instead of like years ago where it was you work on an album for a year and then there is the album. What, mm-hmm. what What's your take on that? I mean, I'm definitely a big album person. I love listening to an album front to back. Usually if I'm like driving, like I'll put on an album that I'm listening to. But I think as an independent artist, singles are just so much easier because they can just all be different. They don't have to be cohesive. It's a lot cheaper. (laughs) It's definitely a lot cheaper. (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot cheaper. And it doesn't feel like everything has to be done at one time because this year was kind of all leading into this EP, which Mm -hmm. I loved doing. And I, I love having like something that revolves around a concept like my EP out of orbit did. And my other EP song so far was similar to that. But two years ago I did just singles and it was just so nice. Cause it was like, okay, this one's done. Let's work on the next one. And I could kind of just be a couple months ahead mm-hmm. of the game. So it's definitely easier financially, but again, I do love a project and a project is fun. The cohesion but between songs that can tell the story that you love so very much. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But singles are fun too. Cause they're, I, I feel like for me, they're just easier to promote. Cause it's not it's just, a big of a commitment. Yeah. It's one song. You can just blast it to everybody. You don't have to be like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Here's this song that's on this EP with four other songs and it's called this. And there's a music video and there's this and that. And it's just so many more things, Mm -hmm. which I would love to get to a point where I can do more projects and hopefully an album. But right now where I'm like entirely independent and completely self-funded. And until somebody puts a bunch of money in your wallet, you're like, I'm going to keep doing this, the budget friendly way. Yes. (laughs) But I do love, I love both of the EPs that I've made and like creating them was so much fun and I'll definitely do another one. But next year is going to be single land for me. As far as cool. everything is looking right now. so. But yeah. you're also getting ready to do a residency at the Bowery Vault here in Nashville. Yeah. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, I'm really excited. It's my first residency at like an original music venue, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Um, they it's do not be, allow cover songs. They do not. Yeah. Like hard do not hard, allow cover tunes. Hard no. Yeah. Um, it's in December. It's going to be every Thursday. Starting at 9 p.m., so we're the late show. So um, that is the 7th, the 14th, the 21st, and the 28th? You got it. Yeah, those on lock. <laughs> <laughs> Rain Man over here. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so 9 p.m., it's free, 21+. plus. I love the Bowery Vault. It's one of my favorite rooms in town. I'm going to be playing a bunch of new stuff. Cool. Preview for next year. Some of the music of, that will be coming out. Yeah, as well as stuff from the Out of Orbit EP, Stuff from the song So Far EP, and each show is going to have two other artists who are going to be kicking it off. Have you announced the other artists that are going to be part of the residency yet? I haven't yet. You haven't yet. But by the time this comes out... This is out on November the 16th, two days after your birthday. Yeah. Three days after my birthday. Look at us growing up. I know. Look at us. I saw a friend of mine went to the When We Were Young Festival in Las Vegas over the weekend. And somebody Fine. on stage had a sign that said, when we were young slash now that we're old. Oop, that part. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, I can actually, I can say. You can soft is. launch it. Yeah, I can. So December 7th, 
The guests are Jefferson Rink and Katie Peterson. Amazing. Two of my faves. Katie Rock's doing the uh, live piano stuff at Sid Gold's. I know. Live piano karaoke. It's incredible watching somebody do that. I know. I just had a write with them and Katie like made us dinner Mm -hmm. and we like had a cute little dinner. That's dope. The three of us. (laughs) And then we wrote and she's got a cute little dog, Jeffrey. Jeffrey? Yes. What a great name for a dog. He's so cute. And it was, I was just like, I... I feel so looked after and taken <laughs> care of. It was great. Like, we're going to be good friends. Yes. So they're the seventh. The 14th is my friends Meredith Roundsley and Parker Campbell. Mm-hmm. And we actually played um, a show at the Bowery Ball in May. So okay. we're doing kind of like a little reprise of that, which is going to be really fun. Um, December 21st is Eva Cassell and Max Gall. That's a good one. Yeah. Literally all of these are just so stacked. And then... The 28th is Kiernan McMullen and Stevie Rice Stevens. Mm. Mm. I know. Mom I'm and dad. so excited. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's mother and father right there. So it's stacked. I'm so really are excited. these shows going to be free or are they ticketed? Yeah, they're free. They are free? Free, open to the public. You just got to be 21. And it's the late show, you said, right? Mm-hmm. So they each start at nine? Yep. So check out the Bowery Vault with yeah. Stacy Kelleher and friends. Yeah, I'm excited. And I think I'm going to do... For my set, like a slightly different instrumentation each week. So each one will be like a little bit different. And each set each week will be a little bit different, different songs and stuff like that. So you can come every week and not feel like you're seeing the same thing. Um, But yeah, I'm excited. And I love that venue. I love Vero and everybody there that works there. They're all so kind. And the sound there is also amazing. Mm -hmm. It's so small. It's hard to mess up. Yeah. And it's super, I don't know, it's just always super intimate and everybody listens. Like, I mean, it's got like a 30 capacity, right? Yeah, it's small. It is it is a perfect showcase room. Yeah. So that's kind of like my last, my last thing of Your the last year. thing for the year. Yeah. So, because I just played the basement last month and then next month I'm mostly just focusing on writing and recording and... Yeah, that'll be my last little shabang <laughs> of the year. Well, Stacy, thank you for joining us on the podcast this week. I do have one more question for you. Okay. So we have a lot of people who listen locally, but we also have people from out of town. Mm-hmm. So do you have recommendations of places to go that may or may not be music related? Stuff that you like to do here in Nashville? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love my favorite coffee shop is Elegy. Mm-hmm. It's in That's East. A good one. Yeah, it's in East, but they also have a couple of other locations now. East is like the OG one. Mm-hmm. And I love to go there and get their honey bear iced coffee. It's so good. So good. Yeah, it's so good. Um, I love the 1230 Club on Broadway. I play there every Sunday, soft little plug. Um, but even when I'm not playing there, I always go and hang out because even though it's on Broadway, it doesn't have Broadway vibes. And Big not Broadway vibes. Yeah. And everybody that plays there is so good. They have multiple levels of mm-hmm. entertainment. Um, I play in the Supper Club, which is like a super... That's the upstairs, right? Yeah. Super. Like I always invite people there when I have people visiting from out of town because mm-hmm. it's a great place to go where you can like sit, chat, see good music but also not feel like you're like screaming over the music to talk to people. That's cool. Yeah. So I love going there. What else do I love to do? If I'm trying to like not be in town, I love to take a drive out to Leaper's Fork. Mm -hmm. 
I love going out to that Fox and Lock, and they have a little winery called Wines in the Fork. Super cute. I love to go out there. Um, I like to walk on the Greenway or run on the Greenway with my dog. It's fun. <laughs> and then another kind of music thing is I love Grimey's, the record store. Oh, that's a great spot. Yeah. Grimey's. So Mike Grimes is a cool dude. He owns he the basement. Yeah. And that's like my favorite venue in town. So it's a great one. Catching a show at the basement. I played your showcase at the basement. Yes, you sure did. Yeah. It was <laughs> so fun. Well, Stacey, is there anything else you'd like to leave our listeners with this week? Man, I don't think so. Well, would you please give us your plugs to where we can find you online then? Yeah, my plugs are I'm at I am Stacy with an E, Kelleher on Instagram and Facebook. My website is stacykellehermusic.com and my TikTok is just Stacy Kelleher. Thanks for having me. We'll have all of that linked in the episode description. So Perfect. don't worry about spelling it right, y'all. But <laughs> Stacy, thank you for joining us this week. Welcome yeah. formally to the pod. Thanks. The the podcast. Yeah, I don't know. The thing. It's not a script. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in this week to the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast, episode 103 with Stacy Kelleher. Please do yourselves a favor and follow her on all of your social media platforms. Keep in touch with Stacy for the new music coming in spring of 2024. More closely, though, if you're still in 2023 listening with us, go check out her residency at the Bowery Vault. That's over in East Nashville. They've got free parking back behind there, too, so you don't True. have to shell out an arm and a leg to go. But go watch Stacy's residency. You can check us out at NashvilleTourStop.com and find our full live event calendar. Stacy will probably be playing one eventually again. Don't yes. worry. I know the guy. <laughs> but you can also follow us on social media at Nashville Tour Stop. So until next week when we come back with episode 104, please do remember that all roads lead right back here to the Nashville Tour Stop. Tour Stop.